Hi, I'm Ariel Abubakar, the director Walid and Grant. You are listening to Eastern Kicks podcast. Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast, a regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey, Each episode, we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Welcome to the latest episode. This time, we're launching a new regular format, turning our Eastern Kicks picks into a full episode. And later on in this episode, I also talked to director Ariel Abu Bakar when he was in London for the Fighting Spirit Film Festival with his producer, Iman Toe, to chat about his latest film, Wallid. But before we get on with all that, <laughs> this is always the important question. What are you drinking this episode, James? <laughs> uh, whiskey. Whiskey, again, Bunahaven. Uh, I can't pronounce the name of it. It's one of these special bottles. It's, it's like a Strierica Idar. Or something like that. It's, 40, it's 46, 46.3%. So it's kind of a special-ish edition one. And Buna Happen's one of my favourites. So it's, it's good and strong. So I've got enough for, I think, two, maybe three doubles, which will see me through this. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yourself, what are you on? Uh, well, you know, it's getting to that time of year. So uh, I have got myself a winter porter uh, right. from uh, Sainsbury's. Mm. Um it described as full-bodied dark fruit and winter spices. It's not overdone, though. Actually, I was expecting one mm. of those ones, but I get a bit too Christmassy, and you're like, oh, I don't, I don't, mind, want to, I, I don't mind that. You I like a bit I, of the sort of Christmas pudding porter. Well, it comes around once a year, you know, those porters. I mean, I don't care about Christmas so much, but the Christmas porters come around. Same, same as even, like, not mulled wine. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't mind those drinks. It's but got, it's got some of those flavours, but it's... If it was all year round, I'd get tired of it, but yeah. once a year is enough. I think I, I will quite look forward to having a couple of those Chris, Christmas dark beers and whatnot. So what's the percentage, though? Yeah, it's a 5%. Yeah, it's no so. wonder you didn't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sure I've been on one of these uh, episodes with like four and a half or something. Yeah, know. we don't we don't we don't talk about don't, that. Yeah, we don't talk about those dark <laughs> dark days. So, shall we get on with this? So we're we're taking yes, the, yes. the Eastern Kicks picks mm. um, and making a whole episode out of out of it. But should we kind of talk about what what we're going to be doing, sure. what we aren't going to be doing? Because yeah, yeah. You know, we still want this to be a nice, punchy, compact, punchy, uh, <laughs> punchy podcast. Mm. Um, it could be exhaustive, especially as we haven't had an Eastern Kicks picks for a while. But but what what are we looking at? Yeah. Well, I think I mean as you say, we haven't had had one for a while. But I think it's it suits itself more to do to doing it in this way because there is a fairly both regular and random stream of stuff appearing uh, on there. So I think it's good to put it into this kind of format rather than. Tagging it on because we've some episodes we found that there's you know hundreds of them to talk about and we don't have enough time and others it's there's just nothing <laughs> so, so putting it like this actually makes sense but yeah in terms of what we're actually covering yeah it's uh, I mean it's fair to say we're going to focus more on film rather than TV apart from so you know bring up some notable series or or things which we find interesting but it's not going to be an exhaustive guide to certainly the amount of tv shows where which are appearing on the streaming so it is i think we could say it's a curated selection as well when it comes to the film it's not 
it's not meant to be like an exhaustive dictionary. It's still a picks. It's still, if not recommendations to a degree, mm. at least, you know, we are choosing what to highlight. We're not just listing off everything. Um, and as well, I'm, I'm not fully saying in advance, I'm not going to get into anime <laughs> or, or romance stuff because I don't really know anything much about them, to be honest. And it's not really, not really my bag. Um, so, so it will be curated and, and as you say, like not exhaustive. But in terms of what we're, the formats and everything we're covering, it will just be the main, it'll be the main streaming platforms, um, you know, Netflix, Shudder, Amazon, uh, and not getting into some of the other, you know, the specific studios ones because there's so many, so many out there. Uh, specific just yeah. to individual students. So we'll stick to these general ones uh, and also um, not VOD ones um, as much. We will mention cinema releases when they come out, but not v, not just VOD ones because, again, it's, that's just too much stuff out there, too much of a minefield um, of everything. And equally not the... I've never really got into using like the free ones. You know, what's it called? Freevee or it used to be IMD, IMDB TV because I can't... I can't handle adverts anymore. Mm. You know, we, since we started getting like Amazon, Netflix, and everything, I, it's so long of not having adverts. I can't go back to having adverts every few. And they and they front load them in a really weird way because mm. they because they know a lot of people won't watch all the films. So you yeah. can you can get interrupted every five minutes for like half an hour, and then suddenly you get half an hour with nothing. So I'm not going to get into freebie or or YouTube or sort of that kind of things as well. And and I think we because we're, we're going to be doing this monthly as well. We, we'll be fairly. Not strict so much as, but we will stick to stuff which is in the month, in this month as much as possible, which or which is coming out during the month, or maybe stuff we've missed from the previous month. Not really going to get into saying, oh, this is coming a few months down the line, um, as well. So we can stick to it like that, and yeah, we we can we can touch on like this month some special events where we've had film festivals like London mm. Film Festival, London Korean Film Festival. So we we can we can get into that side of things where where it's relevant. So yeah, cool. curated, so, cu- yeah. curated picks, I think, is the best way to put it. Non, <laughs> non, non-exhaustive, and we also reserve the right to, to talk about things, <laughs> whatever we want anyway. So it's fine. Right? You're, you're, it's the same as it. It's, it's kind of like if you go to the website anyway. You, you know, it, it's not supposed to be covering every single Asian film which comes out. It's, uh, so it is, it is very much Eastern Kicks picks, yes. uh, as the name suggests. <laughs> so shall we get started? Why not? Why not? Um, I mean, I mean, well, I'll start just by saying there's nothing on Shudder, which is quite disappointing. Um, especially, since, you know, with it having been Halloween and everything, you would have thought there would have been a couple of Asian horrors which could have turned up on there. But um, yeah, nothing on Shudder. So straight onto Netflix, and probably one of the bigger ones which has appeared on Netflix uh, recently is Ballerina, mm-hmm. uh, South, South Korean film, twenty twenty three, and it's it's interesting because. Korea is still one of the countries which Netflix is really engaging with on like a production level. You know, we actually do actually have a whole slate of Korean productions which they're making, you know, with local companies uh, rather than, you know, when you see on Amazon or Netflix, they'll say an exclusive or an original and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything at all. Whereas <laughs> the, these are actually films which they're, they are actually producing, you know, with Korean, uh, with Korean companies rather than buying them after the fact. So, I, know, um, I think we're going to end up touching on this again, but it... it it's that in itself is having quite big repercussions on um, mm. on the south on South Korean cinema and actual like yeah, yeah. physical cinema. Um, mm. it, it 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 seems like um, and and as I say, I think this might come up, but we it's not in a great state in terms of yeah, what's going yeah. on in cinemas. Um, mm. um, and but 
part of it is that things are going to to streaming and particularly to Netflix and that's just, that seems to be yeah. where it's it's um, no, more it's secure I guess I think I think that the yeah. you know, producers are kind of hedging their bets and what with audience figures kind of going up and down and all mm-hmm. the struggles over COVID and, and having very yes. strict lockdowns I think they, yeah. they've just gone to uh something they know is secure rather than something where it's a gamble mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, no absolutely and also i think just the when you look at a film like like ballerina for, mm. for example there's no chance that would have got released in the west you know let's be honest i mean it might have had like a weird random turned up on dvd under a different name type of release but it wouldn't mm. have gone to cinema so so it's an it's an additional uh, i'm sure a very very welcome additional income stream for them as well as actually getting it out there. So it's like all the stuff with Netflix or, or other streamers, it's, yeah, it definitely has an effect on traditional cinema, but at the same time, it's, it gives people a chance to actually see this kind of film, um, which we might not have gotten otherwise. So there's, there's an increased accessibility. Uh, I mean, for us, you know, having grown up, like getting these films on like DVD or Blu-ray and everything, that was going to be the, something like Ballerina, that would have been the only chance to actually have got it. And then if you actually bought it for like 20 quid and it was pissed, then you're not going to be best pleased. So yeah, I, I, so it's a tough one because it definitely impacts traditional cinema. But at the same time, you know, it, it, it increases the accessibility. It gives an extra revenue stream. So, but then it, it also... Oh, because Netflix is Netflix and there's a certain type of content in film they, they actually have that influences filmmakers in advance, I guess, if they know they're making something for Netflix. Unless you're a really big, a big name filmmaker um, and they give you like a real prestige project, something like, um, you know, The Irishman, uh, I guess. A lot of people coming into these deals with Netflix and making films with Netflix will be under their very, very strict, um, not limitations, but the, the way of doing things. So mm. it's, I mean, and actually Ballerina is a great case in point for that because it is, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. Uh, and I'm going to because it's 90 minutes. So <laughs> I will actually watch it and cover <laughs> it. But it, it's completely, everything I've seen about it and read about it is, you know, it's said to be quite well done. It's by the mm. fellow who did the call for Netflix mm-hmm. before, which was good, uh, uh, Lee Chung-hyun. No, that was a good film. Uh, and it's got the same actress in it, uh, John Jung-sil from, from Burning as well, who also goes by Rachel Jung. Uh, I had no idea she'd taken on a, um, you know, an English name as well. It seems a fairly, <laughs> fairly random one, but never mind. But it, yeah, it's a completely generic plot about, you know, a former bodyguard and I, I guess ballerina whose best friend gets killed by a sex trafficker, goes off, get, get, picks up her guns and goes off on a revenge mission. Uh, and I think it sort of forms a relationship with a troubled teen during it as well. So completely, completely generic. But at the same time, uh, it, it's said to be pretty slick, quite violent in places. But yeah, it's just, com- it's that completely middle of the road, familiar plot. And that's the kind of thing, I, I, that's kind of the Netflix angle, I think, as well. I think they're much more likely to, it's not even so much playing it safe, but there's mm. a certain type of content and everything. You you wouldn't really see somebody going into either watching something on Netflix or making something for Netflix and expecting some mad, you know, auteur vision or artistic kind of film. And I think no. something like Ballerina, um, for, for better or worse, and I say I haven't, I haven't seen it yet, uh, but for better or worse, it, it, it's that kind of safe, generic, middle-of-the-road type of plot and everything, which they will be quite happy with. And, and you know, even as an audience, when I... I watch a lot of stuff on, on Netflix and some of these other streamers, which 
I'm watching because I can't be bothered watching something better or which is going to take up more of my attention or something. And yeah, whether or not that's a good thing is, is open to question because while, while we've said that there, it helps people financially and it helps reach wider audiences, I guess in terms of Korean film, I mean, it's, if you turn the clock back 10 years, some of the kind of films we were getting, if we'd been getting more generic stuff like ballerina and stuff then, maybe we wouldn't have gotten so much into Korean cinema. Mm. Yeah, if we weren't seen so I don't know it'll be interesting to, interesting to see where this goes you yeah. know, the, the ongoing relationship with, with Netflix in general but, um, but that's, that's a wider conversation but I will I will watch Ballerina just because of the time the, the running time not being long but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, no, something a bit more in, interesting uh, the documentary that's landed on there called uh, Yellow Door 90s Lo-Fi Film Club uh, which is it's a new doc. Uh, it's it's even less than an hour and a half. It's about an hour and twenty four minutes. So <laughs> I, I might might actually check that out as well. It's it's a new doc from uh, Lee Hyuk Rae, the his debut, uh, I think it is, which looks back at a, a bygone era of film clubs uh, in South Korea and how a generation of filmmakers got into film, uh, mainly Bong Joon Ho, or at least that's the the trailer. Basically, just focuses mm. on him in conversation, but no, it sounds it sounds interesting, and I guess that kind of ties into a bit of what we were just saying about um, how people go to how people get into cinema, how people get interested in film, uh, and specifically in in more. I, I hate that word auteur, but that kind of more sort of visionary cinema or proper mm. film, rather than the kind of content type of film which we're talking yeah. about now. So. Um, it it looks like a quite a nice, quite enthusiastic documentary, just of, of filmmakers talking about this era uh, in Korea, which I'm not too familiar with. So I'm, I'm going to watch this to be interesting to see how people uh, like Bong Joon Ho sort of gradually got into film and how they were able to like share their share their passion for film and develop it with other. Another word I hate, cinephiles, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe because of that, Parasites actually landed on Netflix finally. Which mm. is which is weird because it's been everywhere else. It, yeah, it's weird. it was on Amazon for quite a while, wasn't it? It was on Amazon for quite a while, and I mean, mm. it's it's weird thinking it's four years old now. Parasite, mm. right? Two thousand or two thousand nineteen, anyway. So it's yeah. I don't know. I, I still don't think Parasite had as much as an, of an impact as uh, some other people have said it has or, or did. I don't think it's led to a massive revolution in interest in Korean film. Uh, no, I mean that's a it's a subject we've covered many times. Yeah, yeah. on on the podcast, so we don't need to get back back into it. But um, but yeah, I, I guess if there's anyone left who hasn't seen Parasite, they can certainly watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Parasite, whether you like it or not, I, I'd be very surprised if anyone listens. If, to if this. you are, you, you'll have some strange uh, um, <laughs> experiences listening to a podcast where we've been talking about it quite a few times. <laughs> <laughs> I think Parasite is probably the film which has come up the most in the whole history of the Eastern Kicks podcast. <laughs> it's one of the early ones, yeah. Uh, it's fair enough, it's fair enough. But, um, though, I mean, those are really the only films w- which have mm. uh, popped up. There's not much, from, but we have have had a couple of series. There's one I'm definitely going to check out called Mask Girl, which mm-hmm. looks pretty good. It looks kind of like a perfect blue style one based on a webtoon about a, a young woman who wanted to become a pop star but is too insecure about her looks, so she becomes some kind of um, online internet personality wearing a mask, but it all goes mm. dark and apparently it gets weirder and weirder mm. as it goes through it. So I've heard good things about that. It seems that it does, good. yeah, it seems to get into like psychological mystery, uh, surreal territory. 
And I think it's worth mentioning um, that Sweet Home is getting a second series from December the 1st as well. Good, good. I really, I enjoyed the first series of that very much, so I'm glad it's... That's, that's quite a while it's, t- it's taken for it to get to. So it's one of, something which has survived being cancelled after one episode by now. But that's... I mean, and, and again, we, we, we'll probably end up kind of repeating ourselves, but that's very normal for a lot of mm. Korean series. I, mean, I think we discussed this before you know, with things yeah. like Squid Game, but it's mm-hmm. quite normal for... It's it, it. There's not that same process um, mm-hmm. that particularly you get with US shows, where it's like, okay, we're going to do a series, and this is going to be an annual thing. It's yes. like, oh, yeah. we've done a series. Yeah. Oh, it's been really successful. Right, we better do the next one. <laughs> you know, which <laughs> is true. why why Squid Game is up in the air. Um, Hellbound, you know, that that's, Hellbound, that's, that's, yeah. that's, that's got a second yeah. series going, but it's going to be a long time that <laughs> that kind of arrives. And I, I think that yeah. will be that has the potential to be really interesting from the from the first series. Yes, uh, I, I enjoyed that. But, I enjoyed you know, very when much. it arrives, it's, yeah. it's going to be... Christ. Who knows? So that's... But you're right, it's an interesting mismatch with the, the Netflix philosophy uh, in that regard of, like, make something, then either cancel it very quickly or renew it very, very quickly and get mm. them out. So, But you're right, the Korean ones can take quite a long, a very long time, mm. uh, in some cases, actually, to come out. So it's... No, I mean, this looks pretty good. Mask Girl, so check it mm. out. Um I'll let you know what I think of it. Um, I, I guess the other one, it's not specifically Asian. I just mention it because it's been talked about a lot. But the the One Piece uh, mm. adaptation, you know, from the incredibly popular manga by mm. uh, Ichiro Oda, which I've never read, but no, seems to no, seems to be involved read. like wacky pirates. It's this, I mean, I, I I've never read the the manga. I know it's been mm. made into anime previously, and mm-hmm. and this is a live action series. This seems to be getting a lot better uh, reaction than. Things like Cowboy Bebop, Cruel <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy Bebop, much and head, several yes. other other, other yeah. live action adaptions. But you know, in particular, this one is. It's been renewed for second series, uh, I believe. So that, that's kind of a miracle. Everything we've said, but then, yeah, Cowboy Bebop that that didn't that didn't really go down well. Um, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I I haven't read it. I haven't seen the anime, so uh, so I'm not going to watch it to be honest. But I still. I don't know. I see the trailers for it and I see the pictures and it just, it's still, it, it just, these things never look quite right to me. When you see people wearing costumes and with like colored hair and whatnot, which is obviously, I'm, I'm guessing is pretty faithful to, to the anime or, or the manga, but it, they just don't look natural. It doesn't look like things people would actually wear or cover or whatever. You know, it's same as like superhero films. If you saw somebody really just in their like pants and tights and everything then mm. it's pretty ludicrous so th- this looks a bit to me it looks a bit unnatural to me it lo- looks a bit odd but you're right it's it's certainly both fans and, and critics in general seem to have said it's pretty good fun so you know fair fair enough fair enough in that respect um i'm, I'm not gonna not gonna watch it but it'll probably inspire or at least maintain the possibility of netflix doing more live action um, you know, anime mm-hmm. and manga adaptations. Whereas after some of the flops, like like you said, Cowboy Bebop, um, maybe that kind of one, the the failure of that and the real hate it actually generated. Yeah. Um, uh, I think I tried watching one episode and fell asleep during it. So it was, it did seem pretty bad to be fair, even just as a general audience member, because I yeah only was passingly familiar with Cowboy Bebop as well, but. After that was so hated that you might have thought Netflix would have stepped back, but I guess with this being you know, much, much better received. Uh, I guess they'll still be in the market for. It's a, for there's a long running time for for these sort of productions anyway, so it might well have yeah. been in in progress. Um, 
and yeah, and they they decided to run with it. But it it's yeah. I mean, we we'll see. And and I guess you know we we've already said we're not we're not really talking about um, anime that's on these streaming services. But I mean, particularly no. Netflix does have a big oh huge big lots, huge lots chunk of anime. Of, of anime. Yeah. And I think what they're trying to do is is trying to cross over those streams and and get mm-hmm. you know they've got the the anime fans they've got the you know the the people who watch live action and try and get that yeah, yeah. cross you know, mixing up but we'll see how successful that is no, no fair enough but, but um i'm guessing you won't be watching one piece either but mm. <laughs> it's not top of the list and i've got yeah, well, that's it, isn't it? The list never, the list never stops growing. So something yes. like that, it, it's not really going to fight its way onto it. But anyway, that that's it for Netflix. So mm. Amazon, um, the main one on Amazon, uh, definitely very. I was very surprised, unexpected. You know, seeing a uh, you know in my in my mother's skin, which is, it's technically a Filipino film, right? It's twenty twenty three, but it's a co production, mm-hmm. co production with Singapore yeah. and Taiwan. Um, Went down very well at Sundance and other festivals. I've not seen it, but you you have. I've seen it, and it's a really impressive. It's very much an atmosphere piece, and they okay. It is as um, the director is Kenneth Dagatan. He really does create um, a very impressive. It was kind of like a the, the house isn't haunted, but the house is very much a character in this movie, okay. and it's very and that is very effective. Um, yeah. And it's. It's a, a really interesting mix. In some ways, I was quite surprised Amazon picked this up because it's not mm-hmm. um, a massively generic horror. It is okay. based very much on the, the, the situation in the Philippines at the time with Japanese occupation ending, with lots right. of folklore. Um, it's got a lot of very still kind of imagery in there. Um, not slow cinema, I hope. Not slow cinema, but it does. There, yeah, you know, it does let that atmosphere just kind of mm. happen. Um, okay. So in some ways, I mean, I was quite surprised because it's almost it does play. It's 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 very much in the in the in the sort of the the the, the Asian films, which which kind of you would expect to see doing a lot of festivals. Yeah. But yeah. not necessarily being picked up by somebody like Amazon. No, no. To be put out by, yeah. you know, and we know that that, that behind this. Um, I haven't seen any a- announcements on dates, but uh, Mikhail Red's The Leader is coming out at some point on, on Amazon That's as well. Right. So yeah. this is quite an interesting direction mm. for Amazon. I don't know whether it'll it'll carry on, but definitely it is definitely a good a good solid horror and um, re- just j- just generally interesting because of exploring the folklore. The only yeah. downside for me was some of the CGI that's used in there, which actually didn't really need those sequences for the sort of the effects that are being being applied okay. but I, yeah. I can see why he did it but it didn't it didn't it didn't really didn't really need to do that so um but it's yeah it's, it's well worth watching no i'm definitely yeah. gonna, i'm definitely going to check it out and yeah as you say like it'd be interesting to see if they do pick up more and i suppose it's also just weird, weird in a good way that it's actually one thing I'm sure we'll always say about Amazon is it's just incredibly hard to find stuff on there. But this is actually one of their Amazon originals. Mm. You know, it's actually on the homepage, which is even yeah. more, even more surprising to an yeah. extent. Yeah. Because, because, like you said, I mean, even without having seen it, I can tell it's more leaning on the sort of art housey side more than a you know sort of ugabuga horror type of thing. Mm. So it's. Seeing it highlighted and it's sitting there next to John Wick Four, you know, seeing seeing it sitting there, I, I don't know, man. I think a lot of people will probably click on it without really having a clue, and hopefully yeah. some of them will stick around. And so, yeah, interesting, interesting to see, and hopefully we'll get 
we'll get more of that because Southeast Asian horror um, it's a very interesting time over the last five years or so anyway so hopefully maybe we'll see some more stuff appearing on there too but Although I did, I did find another uh, one. This one's from Indonesia called Spirit Doll, <laughs> which I, I haven't heard of. It is a 2023 film uh, from a director called Asar Kanoi Lubis, who's, who's actually done quite a few horrors I checked out called like a Follow Me to Hell, A Deal with the Devil, but very standard plot. I think it's kind of the opposite of In My Mother's Skin. It's about you know, a horror actress who becomes obsessed with a doll that she thinks is the, the spirit of her dead kids leading to like murder and madness, but you know, less than 90 minutes. So I, I think I'll, I probably will check that one out too, just because I mean, it, it is a good time for Indonesian horror of late. I mean, this obviously isn't one of the sort of black magic or, or gong tao type of ones, but mm. I'm, not, I'm not so familiar with this side of Indonesia and Southeast Asian horror, this sort of more commercial. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, this sounds generic. I'll, I'll say generic and not necessarily a bad way but those are the ones we get less exposure to i guess because they don't they don't play festivals they're never going to get released anywhere um and spirit doll i only found because it was when i i clicked on uh in my mother's skin and it was you might also like spirit doll so um so we'll see but I, yeah I, for us you know for fans of this kind of not just asian center but i guess some more of the obscure corners of it um it would be good yeah. if stuff cut starts coming through. Although if Spirit Doll turns out to be dreadful, then you know that's not really gonna not really gonna help the cause. But <laughs> but um, another Southeast Asian one. I mean, kind of is a film. There's a film called P has just arrived, which is a 2006 film. Uh, it's a Thai UK production. Um, it's by a former British child actor who directed it called Paul Spurrier, who's who's in The Wild Geese um, amongst other things. But uh, he, he spent a lot of his career working in Thailand by the looks of it. Um, he's, he's done some more... He directed the film The Forest, and he's, he's turned up in an actor. He's recently... Mm. Do you remember there's a film called The Inhuman Kiss, which is on Netflix? It's over two hours, and neither of us have seen it. But no. it's a Thai horror one, which is kind of a gong tao plot about, like, flying head gong tao, but romantic. Um, very popular in, in Thailand, apparently. But the running time put me off. Anyway, it's got a... That's a prequel, and he stars in that. Um, and he was also in a film on Shutter called The Influencer, which I thought was terrible. Anyway, the, the thing is, like, P is one of the... I, I'm sure it was released by Tartan way, way, way back. Uh, it, it, uh, but I never got to see it, uh, and it always, sounded, it always sounded pretty good. It's another sort of black magic type of film um, about some a young village girl who gets taught gong tao by her, her grandmother, and then she moves to the big city and gets caught up in... Uh, working in a sleazy bar and she starts using black magic against people. But I heard it was pretty good, but I, I never had a chance to see it before. So I'm, def I'm definitely looking forward to checking that out. It's just good to... Another kind of, a completely random one, to be honest. So it's, uh, that's one of the occasions where Amazon actually kind of comes up trumps with stuff. Uh, if you, I guess if you the, we always have it. to kind of have the proviso on, on anything on mm -hmm. Amazon that, that, that... Oh, it could have disappeared by now, yeah. Well, does it disappear? There's also, um, if it is a, a decent copy of it and it's not just been um, also uploaded true. by yeah. somebody who doesn't necessarily have the rights so I mean that's no, always that's a little true. gamble that, that um, you, you have on, on Amazon that you don't mm. you don't have that on Netflix no no no, no that, that's true or, or Shudder you're right mm. there's there's a lot of murkiness to Amazon and they've said that they've tried they've made steps to you now you have to authenticate some kind of ownership for stuff you upload but I'm mm. sure I mean something like this say something like P which I doubt anyone necessarily massively holds the rights to anymore even yeah anyone could upload mm. it i guess and be making their two pence a click 
or whatever it is they get. <laughs> so it always, you, you'd have to be doing that kind of thing in bulk. You'd have to be doing lots of films to actually make, if you're pir- not pirating, you know what I mean, if you're doing it in a dodgy way, you'd actually have to be putting up a lot of stuff to actually get enough clicks to make it worth your while, <laughs> especially given some whatever copyright risks you know you're running into but um, I think if you, be... if you, yeah i mean if you're doing it free mm-hmm. uh you know kind of included with prime then yes yeah i think um and i don't know what the arrangement is there i think the arrangement is when people buy actually amazon's quite generous in that it's okay. like 50 percent but how many people buy prime no, videos I... off of the yeah that's true I, i've never really i would never buy I don't think I've, I've rented once or twice stuff off Amazon through gritted teeth just because I I, I kind of had to, um, mm. but I wouldn't buy something um, like that on Amazon and just hold a technically a digital license to <laughs> while it actually lasts. Cause I don't know how long you actually you, you know your ownership for it would actually last or transfer or anything. So well, I it, 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 the, the the whoever owns the distributor that lapses and it gets to someone else, then yeah, that's yeah. it. It's gone. Yeah, like yeah, exactly. No, no, I, I, I agree, I agree. But, um, but yeah, I, I'm gonna check out P. Um, mm. Anyway, and, and Amazon's also pretty good. It's also pretty good for Korean stuff turning up quite randomly, mm. like uh, the 2021 blockbuster Escape from uh, Mogadishu, mm. uh, directed by our old uh, Ryusun Wang, and he, he's one of those guys. So I always associate in that kind of. I don't know. You you always call them the noughties, but what do you call the next decade, like 2010 to 2020? The 2010s, I think. <laughs> well, fair enough. I think in the 2010s. They call it the 10s. <laughs> you no, know, the 10s or the 2010s, I guess. But um, he was always one of those directors. Uh, I think he was turning out so many of the big blockbusters back then. Like it was. I mean, his stuff does go back to the Hal Yu wave and, you know, yes. at the beginning yeah. of the, the, the 2000s. But mm-hmm. yeah, he, then he had the, the success and the budgets, the Berlin yes. file and all those yeah. things where he really. It, yeah, it was really kind of rolling in for him. But yeah, the uh, city, city of violence. City of violence. Yeah, it was the well, that was pre, twenty tens, wasn't it? That was the, yeah. The that that was that was one of the early yeah. one of yeah. the first ones. Yeah, that was a fantastic yeah. film. And most of the films, I didn't like the Berlin Files so much, but most of the ones he directed oh, were, right. were were actually pretty good. But uh, yeah, but I never caught I never caught this one. I mean, it was another one that got delayed and moved around due to COVID oh. and stuff. But. Um, mm. So I mean, it sounded fairly interesting. Uh, a true life story uh, set in you know Somalia, when they were having to one of those. You see quite a lot of these films from from different Asian countries. China does quite a lot of them too about consulate staff having to escape exotic war zones, basically. So, but this was said to be pretty good, and it was it was quite a big hit. Um, but it, it's it's just over two hours, so I'm not sure I would I would get to. But I think it was released in the West, right? Did Well Go release it in the US? Maybe I'm pretty yes. sure somebody did. Yes. Yeah. But I, I missed it around that time, and I don't know. I, it's it's an interesting one to have on there, and, and again, it, it seems fairly random as to how or why it was uploaded <laughs> on there. We'll we'll see. But um, I find another Korean one talking of randomness is Zombie School. I've never heard of Zombie School before. Um, from two thousand fourteen, I know nothing about it, but I, I find that quite strange because you'd think a film called Zombie School, if it had been released anywhere uh, ten years ago, we'd have. Mm. We'd have at least heard of it or come across it from somewhere, um, and it is it is actually an old film. I've had a quick had a quick flick through some just to check because you know Amazon. I guess another thing about Amazon is uh, and I'll, I'll mention this again shortly is they're not exactly they don't exactly seem to fact check 
you know, when stuff was uploaded as to mm. whether there's so much stuff listed as a 2023 film. Yeah, and that's just, just when it was uploaded. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so, so this, you know, it's another one which falls into this. But it is, it is an older film, and it is it does have an 18-plus advisory or warning on it, so it might be pretty fun. So uh, less than 90 minutes, so I'll probably check that out. But <laughs> uh, I also found The Beast, which was added. I actually reviewed that for Eastern Kicks uh, and gave it four stars, so it's got the, the Kicks... Uh, official seal of seal approval. Of <laughs> it's a 2019 one. Uh, mm. Very generic plot. I wrote uh, two cops lock horns and step outside the law in the hunt for a brutal serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're <No>. really. <laughs> never heard, never heard that before. Although it's, it is actually a remake of a 2004 French film called Thirty Six, which I think Tartan. Okay, put, I do uh, remember. Yeah, I mean, seen. I remember, remember Thirty Six getting quite. It was that was one of those films that that. There was quite a lot written about at the time when it came out, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was it won quite, a lot of awards. quite widely, reasonably widely released. I think at the time, I do remember. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't think I saw it, but um, but no, it's actually a remake of, it's actually a remake of that. But it's a good film. I mean, it's the mm. kind of plot you you'll have seen a million times, especially if you've seen anything like the um, Public Enemy series. Mm. It's very much just that kind of thing. But I, I I thought it was very. If you haven't seen that kind of thing before, maybe, you know, well, another thing we, we say quite a lot in podcasts is we're looking back much more fondly <laughs> at the old the ghost films of the early 2000s, which at the time were just generic. So maybe some of these Korean cop films in 10 years' time will start looking back on with a touch of nostalgia. Because at, at the moment... It's what's else, going on at the time, doesn't it? That's the, Well, that's okay. true. That's true. But uh, this, this <laughs> one is definitely, it's definitely worth checking that out as well, but... Uh, so moving on to Japan, uh, mm. the the main biggest one which has been added uh, is a, a new film called the uh, uh, Jingenda Daisuke, uh, which is a twenty twenty three film from uh, Hajime Hashimoto. Um, and the most interesting credit of everything he's done is um, is Flower and Snake Zero from two thousand fourteen, the, the very long running bondage series about people getting tied up a lot and not liking it and then liking it. So he he did one of those films. So. But it, it's um, legendary gunfighter comes to Japan to find the world's best gun uh, gun maker. And again, very very generic plot. He meets a young girl who's on the run from a mysterious organization and, and has to protect her. But I guess the main thing is it's a spin-off from that Lupin the Third manga, anime, TV, film adaptations falling. He's one of the main characters in that. So I guess this is like okay. a spin-off adventure for him. It, it apparently doesn't have any of the other characters from the series. So you could watch it. Uh, if, like me, you've never read, seen, or know even that much about Lupin. But... Uh, it's, it's probably one of interest to fans. I didn't even know that's what it was until I looked into it a bit. And I, I saw the trailer. I mean, it looks... Uh, I mean, we talked about One Piece before, and it still looks like that kind of thing. Very flashy and slick, but just doesn't... don't look quite right to me. <laughs> People were wearing those kind of costumes and whatnot and everything. So it's probably fine. Uh, I'm guessing it's quite badly paced, because it's over two hours. So And that, that kind of film, if you're making that kind of like comic book spin-off type film, you shouldn't really be going over two hours. So... Yeah, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what the fans think of that. But again, mm -hmm. on it's on there. It's one of those ones which is quite highlighted as well as being an Amazon original. So you know, it's uh, maybe they are moving more into highlighting some of these Asian films, which is no bad thing. But they, they've added a few older Japanese ones too. Like, mm. do you remember remember Crazy Samurai Four Hundred Versus One? I do indeed. I do remember us talking <laughs> in quite a lot of detail on this very podcast. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. And uh, I also uh, wrote it up as well, giving it three stars um, mm. with all the 
Tak Sakaguchi. And uh, it's, what's it, I, I mean, this is maybe the wrong number. It was like 77 minute action shot or something like that. Mm. I can't remember. Might not be 77, but it's something like that. And I remember it being a bit exhausting. Uh, yeah. good, choreo- good choreography. But um, yeah, well, once you realize that's exactly what you're getting, it doesn't really go anywhere else. And you get a few funny scenes where he's obviously exhausted, so <laughs> his character has to take a rest. So <laughs> it's a, curi- a curiosity piece, but ma- mainly one for the hardcore the hardcore yeah. fans um there's also i mean talk what i said before like about the wrong year listening of films mm-hmm. uh, punk samurai has been added uh, a new 2023 japanese film but it's not it's 2018 film punk samurai slashdown uh our old friend's third window had put out before mm-hmm. uh and it's another one by gakuru ishii who used to and i, I still know him better as sogo ishii you know he did like mm-hmm. um Crazy Thunder Road, uh, Electric Dragon, 80,000 Volts and stuff, all of which are, are pretty... <coughs> I mean, punk is a good way to describe his, his filmmaking style. Um, quite, I'm not a massive fan. I find it's, it's... He's different. He's kind of both different and similar to Tsukamoto, Tsukamoto but I find his films a bit obscure and hard, hard to follow, Ishii, but with very creative moments in them. I mean, Crazy Thunder Road is probably my favourite of the ones of his I've seen, but... Um, this is his most recent film, 2000, 2018, so it was a, it was a few years ago. But mm. uh, I, I, there's a lot of fans out there. He's, he's genuinely got a big cult following, so it's good to see that out there for fans to check. Um, and then finally, uh, yeah, The Ghost in the Shell, the 1995 anime, mm. uh, the animated films turn off with Amazon, which again, like Parasite, I, I'd be very surprised if anyone listened to this. Hasn't, <laughs> hasn't seen, but you know, still an amazing... Still an amazing film up there. Yeah, I mean, I guess it, you know, part of that might depend very much on what version has been mm. uploaded. Because I know, so there was there was the original version that we all saw on on mm. DVD in the late nineties. Mm. Um, it did get a bit of a didn't it get redux. sort of a weird a redux sort of CGI uh, it, there was, kind of there's yeah there's two there's the redux and there's one which is called something like Ghost in the Shell version 2.0 something mm. you know not two because there is the Ghost in the Shell 2 but mm. yeah there, there's a version which is called it's got a number uh, yeah. and it's it's not it's as good but it, it's the 95 it's the 95 one it is uh, 95 one but also is, there was um, even even within that, there was uh, when it when it came out on Blu-ray, it was mm. was still quite that version, which I think was mm-hmm. um, Manga Entertainment, Manga UK, as mm. it was before it, it folded, um, was still a, a bit different. Um, so you mm-hmm. had a nice kind of image quality upgrade, but some of the titles and things were a bit different. The running time was very slightly <laughs> different. So yeah. who knows what what version? No, I would have the, to check it. It's definitely not the the CGI'd one we we're talking about. But you're right. And is it original language or, or is it the dubbed? <laughs> yes, yeah, we'd have to have to double check it all. But um, well, I mean, you've also they've also uploaded the um, the 2017 Hollywood uh, film, which was which was terrible. Um, I never watched it. No, 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 no. I, I, I did see it in the cinema because we, I was out drinking and with my old pal Martin, we watched it and he fell asleep and I wished I'd fallen asleep. It was, <laughs> it's very, very bad. I wasn't even, it's not even the, the casting, to be honest. There was all the fuss about Scarlett Johansson playing the major, but then the major's not Japanese in the manga anyway, so it mm. does, doesn't really matter. But she's just, she's awful in it and she's not a bad actress, but she's awful in it and everyone's awful in it. It's just dull and it's really cringe. I mean, I, I think without getting into that 
too much. There was so much debate about her taking on the lead role, whereas I think what was wor much worse about the film was just the cringe exoticism of the mm. whole set. Everything about the design was, you know, it's it's a beautiful anime, it's a beautiful manga, but they took everything about it and they just amped it up through, mm. you know, American filters, like Americanized. And I thought that was, you know, that was the kind of side of it which was really uh, embarrassing rather than her actually having like a Western actress in that role. So anyway, terrible film. We don't want to say anything more about it, but um, but yeah, that, that, that's kind of it for the streaming channels. But we we fit, we've had a few films in the cinema. Um, yeah, probably the, the the main most interesting was Back Home, which we talked about in our more in our Halloween podcast, mm. uh, which, and and should still be on, on screens at the moment as this this yes, podcast time goes of recording. And if I have a chance to see it on the screen, I mean, I I probably won't while, while I'm out in the middle of nowhere here but because uh, you know, obviously I watched it on a screener and it's a very good film but it's visually visually it's very impressive so I would have liked yeah. to have seen that on the big screen if I'd actually had a chance and I would have if I'd had a local cinema screening I would have gone just to support the idea of Hong Kong horror being in UK cinemas because <laughs> no one else you know it's, no one else is doing that I mean we're not really getting too much Hong Kong horror in general but um, hopefully hopefully it's it's done well enough to not, at least not put folk off releasing this kind of film yeah. uh, in the cinema. And then the same for um, Where the Wind Blows, mm. right, which was out in the cinema recently, and obviously which uh, some fine people called Focus Hong Kong did the, the UK premiere of. I've heard of them. Yeah, so we, we, should, we, should, we should really buy them a drink for their efforts sometime. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good, good to see that having turned up as well um, in the cinema. And again, hopefully, hopefully it did well enough to at least not put people off putting yeah. out more, more of the same um, Hong Kong films out there. Um, and that aside, uh, we, we've also got like a Chu, Koji uh, Fukada's uh, Love Life, the 2022 film, is getting a UK cinema release. Very well-reviewed film. That's uh, a great film. I saw it. Really good. I think it's, what, it's, what you, was it good? I mean, would you recommend it to me? It's a bit long. <laughs> so maybe not. I, I thought it was a really, really, really good film. Really, What's it about? Nice it, it, well, I mean, it's one of those ones where it it's on for about half an hour and then something happens and then you have the opening titles. Um, oh, Christ. Okay. <laughs> so you're um, not, not for me. <laughs> so it's a, it's a tragedy happens to this couple and then okay. their, their kind of lives fall apart. But it's very, very well done. I'd say okay. uh, much stronger than his other films. Um, mm -hmm. based uh, named after a, uh, uh, a jazz singer's um, actually uh, mm -hmm. Ryuchi Sakamoto's ex the late Ryuchi Sakamoto's ex mm -hmm. uh, wife uh, okay. sang okay. The, the title song Love Life um, uh, which is just a bit of trivia which doesn't actually mean anything apart from the fact they use mm -hmm. it in the film a couple of times but uh, yeah it's a, it, is, it is a really good film and I, I think um because that's that, I think it's it's been on release. I think it's kind of not being massively well handled. No, because it, it was not. on at London Film Festival last year. That's um, right, yeah. And then kind of do it, putting it out very close to London Film Festival this year. True, we will yeah. be coming on and talking about it shortly. But mm, had mm, some mm. really strong Japanese um, films. I don't know if that was kind of deliberate, but I, I, I would have put it in a different time. Strange move if it was, man. I yeah. mean, that's, it's dev. I mean, you're right. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what the box office numbers will be like or what would have been expected for it, but it, it's not been, it's not been generating much 
you know, word of mouth or, or or profile for being out there. We can certainly certainly say that much. Um, at least I mean, it doesn't sound like like one I would enjoy. So I'm glad to have, <laughs> despite your not to look down your recommendation, <laughs> but I think I can safely say it's not really one for me. But um, yeah, it's it's interesting. It's out there. It'd be a shame if it's it's not been well planned. The release put mm. it that way, I guess. But maybe there's a reason for that. Who knows? But. Um, uh, and the only other one really was the it's it's an Asian film uh, like Past Lives it's yeah. some Amer- it's still a US American indie Asian, yeah yeah for a Hong like a Korean Canadian playwright uh, Celine mm-hmm. Song wrote it and it's kind of uh, set over a twenty four year period following the relationship between two childhood friends it kind of looks like a will they or won't they type of film uh, I mean people seem to have absolutely loved it in, in some quarters at least other people. We're saying it's one of the best films of the year, and um, it certainly seems to have done well financially, and it's still playing around. It's even coming to Dunoon, put it that way, where I am in the middle of nowhere next week. So it's actually coming for a couple of screenings here, which tells you something. But um, did you see it? Or? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I heard a, quite a lot about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, it's, I'll check it out if it's on the streaming. I don't think I would have gone out of my, out of my way to see it. I mean, I know. It's not that I. I it's I going out of its way to film. see you. It's going all the way to the noon to see you. It has. How could you? Because I won't, I won't be in the noon. I'm going to Inverary. Oh. <laughs> if it had, if I had been here, I would have gone to see it just because I support my local cinema. But it's not that kind of plot has been done so many times. I'm sure it's very well acted and it's mm. a good character study. But again, it's just not my. Not my, not my thing, really, to be honest. But fair enough. Uh, and it, it's good to have seen it having been so successful. And it'll be interesting to see if, you know, if all the incredibly positive reviews for it do translate into it being hailed. Because we're coming towards the end of the year now. So mm. we'll, we'll see if it does start turning up in lots of people's end of years and starts turning up in award ceremonies. So it'll be interesting to, interesting to see because a lot of people have certainly really, really loved that film. You know, so we'll see. But um, but that's it for the cinema. So yeah, yeah, your festival right up. Moving on to film festivals. I mean, before we get into Mm. that, I'm going to take you for a trip down memory lane. (laughs) Do you remember many podcasts ago when we chatted Mm. to the team behind Geran, which of course I do, I do. Wonderfully given the daft international title of Deed of Death. That's um, right. I always wanted to 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 add and done dirt cheap. And also, mm. I think here it was Silat Warriors, Deed of Death, just to make sure yes. there's no prisoners taken alive. Um, <laughs> but yes, Giran, we spoke to the team, we spoke to the director, mm-hmm. Ariel Abu Bakr, um, because they won an action award at the New York Asian Film yeah. Festival. Um, That's right. Well yeah. deserved. I mean, it's a very, very enthusiastic film. Yes, it so was. So yeah. when he was in, in East London at mm. the, uh, with his producer, Iman To, um, mm-hmm. I caught up with them after they'd been at the Fighting Spirit Film Festival. Um, supporting their latest film Wallet which is very much the same uh, sort of thing um, Mm -hmm. including an action sequence that basically takes up over half of the running time Um, (laughs) and we had a really interesting chat uh, while we were whiling away a a, a cup of tea and a a, a cup of coffee and snacks in trendy Hackneywick because that's how I roll (laughs) Um, so let's have a listen to that now. Cool. Tanah air ini ada rukunnya. Kerana tanah air ini akan ada orang yang kianat. 
Aisyah ingat, nanti kalau jumpa orang tak kenal, jangan ikut. Cikgu tak payah duduk bagi muka sangatlah dengan puak-puak ni. Kami kat sini nak cemuih dah duduk tengok mereka. Tapi bang, mereka ni kan serumpun, sebangsa dengan kita. So let's let's dive in. Where did the story for Wallet come from? Where did the, the idea for the making idea. the film? Yeah. The idea come from uh, traveling. So we we travel uh, a few place, slum place. So when you 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 arrive that area, you you can see the kids. Uh, begging and you you can see the kids uh, around the table to 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 what do we call to begging money and then uh, they don't have any 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 doc- documentation and then they just go uh, every alley in the part of uh, Borneo so you you can see the 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 kids cannot do good things and uh, they came to people and uh, push to want the money so i i don't think it's a uh, uh, good for for people just see and uh, not, don't take any action for 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 the kids because i i think it's a uh, very very uh, critical issue when your your community or government not solve the problem i mean it's one of the interesting things about the film is that um that's the the, the problem with you know the the, the issue of, of Immigrants is such a big part of it. A lot of people will be expecting it to be just action, a lot more action like Geron was. Yeah. But it's it's so much more a part of the story. Uh, I used uh, to more action is symbolized for our feel for fighting uh, human trafficking and immigrant is not the end so i put it uh, action more for we uh, so people can be uh, more awareness for for solve the problem and then uh, the the issue is now nowadays the issue is not be uh, one one uh, one uh, one is called the the important issue mm. nowadays yeah so i have to 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 uh, to to choose the direction action and hum- humanity mm. for 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 people come to see this movie yeah and so how did it how did it how did you get all the the guys together because you got most of the same cast and crew as as Geran 
Um, in some ways, you're kind of swapping the roles around. So, like Miguel is is the lead character, mm. and he's he's the he's the good guy in this one where he wasn't before. You know, how did you you know how did that that sort of kind of come about? Uh, I want uh, I don't want uh, people just uh, watch the movie because the 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 who 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 cast in that movie i want uh, the people concentrate about the story first and then i i just choose any cast for <laughs> my movie like magai i choose because is uh, that's a unique uh, he's uh, have a unique size yeah yeah so it's not uh, like skeptical uh, hero yeah and then i i i i think is uh i think is uh the the main the main uh direction is about the story i i i i i choose the story first from uh without any anyone can <laughs> can be a actor mm. yeah but i mean he is he's got a lot of charisma though i think he fits yeah. the, he fits the lead character really well mm. in this film i think he does get this is a really good performance yeah maga also have a basic uh, martial art so yeah. so i uh, anyone uh one in my my movies uh, all the cast must be have a uh, basic martial art yeah because my my movie is of course uh, action action movie <laughs> yeah and then you've got i mean the other I've, was it the first time you worked for the the actress you've got playing the little the, the girl i mean she was really great is that mm-hmm. is that the first time you've you've worked with her uh, the, 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 the 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 girl who gets fighting abducted. well the the one who gets abducted as the young girl young girl oh she kasi Kase uh, is uh, award-winning uh, <laughs> kids, uh, uh, actor, yeah. award-winning actor. I choose uh, her because I, th- their reaction and their performance very, very good, and uh, the, the 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 face and uh, look like uh, a border Malaysia and uh, Thailand. So the 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 uh, the face is uh, i think is uh, nice for for this character mm, 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 mm. yeah so how about i mean do you kind of talk about the the, the actual the, the the fighting sequence which is the the second half of the movie mm-hmm. um i mean but you can tell us about about you know, how difficult it was to to film that and um you have this range of 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 cast from the 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 good guys and the bad guys kind mm. of facing off against each other and mm. you know, sort of different situations. Mm. Um, you know, we can talk about that and I think, you know, as you were telling me before about some of the sort of COVID problems as well, because it was done during COVID, wasn't it? Should, uh, I, I should, uh, should our action uh, sequel is uh, two weeks. Two weeks, uh, we're shooting this at 35 days Two weeks are so very tough uh, for action sequel because we shoot in uh, pandemic and then we, the location is very dust mm. and uh, at, uh, at the uh, brick factory and and the commitment 
uh, our cast is very good but the timing uh, for scene by scene is very long 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 uh, journey and then the choreography must change when when uh, we cannot uh, enter a few place because covid so mm-hmm. we change the screenplay we change the choreography we change the the setup the the environment uh, change 360 mm-hmm. because the place we must shoot in in uh, quarry so we cancel we just find the uh, the the block or the factory break uh, for a few angle we, we cheat <laughs> so the office we cheat the parku play uh, with uh, uh, namron so we play uh, that area but uh, like uh, another place And, and I mean, even without COVID, I guess I've, two weeks must be quite tight to do yeah. that much action. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you, you end up with 50 odd minutes virtually mm-hmm. of, of that, that, that sequence. Yeah. So that would have been, uh, must have been really tight to make sure you've got all the footage you, you needed. For... Mm-hmm. I'm lucky because my, my, my cars are full... <laughs> uh, uh, practice uh, martial art and mm. then they their commitment is very very superb and uh, their training you 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 don't uh, you you just uh, tell them what you must do mm. and then they they came out with the idea the 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 anger and the the what they can maximum do for the action hmm. so i i i i i'm i'm very impressed <laughs> for their 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 skill and their their what you call their commitment commitment hmm. very hmm. very 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 super in action part hmm. yeah. is there any any one of those parts of, of that sequence that you really like is there anyone that really stands out for you do you really proud of or amazed that the guys did something as, as good as that you know mm-hmm. is there any, anything i i love uh, my my action choreographer uh, koharullah majid is very very talented for choreo action uh, part and uh, if my personally i i love in uh, i love seen at the block inside the red red brick block mm. and uh, and um uh, walid fight with uh the race in uh, water yeah mm. that's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. i i, I think is a good choreography and and different from my 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 late uh, movie yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so um You've done this, and we're hoping that that Wallet travels to uh, gets a proper UK release yeah. and uh, gets to you know maybe a release in Hong Kong, etc., etc. It'd be nice to kind of see it out there as action. Um, can I ask what? Who are your action heroes, or what is your favorite? You know, who are your action heroes, and who is who? What are the the films you feel have, have influenced you the most in, in in making action films? I love uh, Jackie Chan. Mm-hmm. 
and of course Donnie Yen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's my my I love that their 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 reaction, their movement. So I love uh Donnie Yen uh action and then I I love their Wuxia Wuxia movie. Yeah. So that uh they inspired me to to make a martial art movie. Yeah. Very much a Hong yeah. Kong kind of yeah. Thing. yeah. So the 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 real uh, movement, the real uh, action is very very Hong Kong is very the best uh, choreography, impactful mm. their movement, fixed and firm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I I I I if so impressed. So I I want my my movie <laughs> like that, and yeah. then when. When I hope my movie can uh, can be a good uh, movie from Southeast Asia Malaysian movie, a good like Hong Kong movie. Yeah. Yeah. So are you working on anything else? What's your next project going to be? Yeah, maybe I I. Once you've my, finished traveling and my <laughs> my next movie is uh, working title is Abang, means a brother. Yeah. So now the process is uh, uh, script ninety uh, percent uh, done, and now we we start uh, maybe after roadshow in Malaysia Walid roadshow after finish. We go to Reiki and start uh, training, and then we start shooting mm-hmm. maybe in December uh, end of this this year. Okay. Uh, is it going to be another sort of mix of action and drama, or is it? Is a uh, still slum area and yeah. still black area. Uh, uh, still in. Uh, People uh, issues, uh, still dark issues, uh, and then yeah, still action movie, still, <laughs> still in uh, in maybe is a very very, very very dark from Wallet. Yeah, cool. Tak ada buat apa apa lagi dah nak melawan. Tak ada ada. Cara kau ni tak akan menghalalkan kekejaman dan jenayah yang kau buat. Lebih kau menyerah. Negara ini masih ada undang-undang. Anak-anak itu semua. Anak bangsa kita. So, of course, the fighting, fighting Spirit Film Festival uh, was a while back, you know, and mm. I, I need to say, you know, that Wallet wouldn't have been in there if I hadn't lined those guys up together. <laughs> well, Let's good, take credit. Good. You know, yeah. but it's really nice to see see that get some um, get some love over here. And nice. it's, yeah. it's on, it's, it is, it's, it's finally been released in, in, in Malaysia and um, it's, 
it's been going to several film festivals uh, mm-hmm. across the world, but it, it still seems to be kind of slowly moving towards any kind of uh, digital release, whereas Garan did get quite right did, at least yeah. in the end. Um, so should we chat about some other film festivals? Well, going you can, on you can. I mean, with, with, given where I li- I'm living most of the time now, I'm kind of off the festival circuit, so you are intrepid. Nothing happens near you. There's no Glasgow. Well, I might, uh, <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. I might, maybe I will go to that in, in February. Um, now, that's quite possible. But, I mean, in down, I mean, London is still the main, always going to be the main place for it. Obviously, it's been very busy festival, festival season, October, November. So, um, so yeah, you can... Report report back. Well, yeah. I mean, it was there was a as has been going on for a long time. There are a lot less um, East Asian and Southeast Asian films this mm. year. Um, there was just one uh, South Korean film, which was um, oh. quite a surprise. <laughs> but I think we we've already kind of touched on some of the reasons that we're going to touch on those when we talk about another film festival in a moment. But yeah, um, yeah, some of the headline. Uh, Asian cinema films where there was two big hitters in terms of Japanese film mm-hmm. um, yeah the main one being Resuki Hamaguchi uh, mm-hmm. Evil Does Not Exist um, which won the best film for, for whatever that means the official I, competition yeah. and I it's never, a really really great film that with London it's a funny one London just never seems to be that a film like a competition festival but anyway anyway yeah. it does have them it does have them so that I mean, <laughs> that, and so that's a a really great film and it, it was interesting to see that get awarded yeah um and we had the latest from hirakazu korida uh monster <laughs> it seems like there's a little bit of a theme going on with the, the the titles but again a very very strong film i think it one of his his best films for ages although it does the thing that i think will annoy you where it's mm-hmm. it's not quite um uh Rashomon, um but it is doing the same same story from three different oh, perspectives okay, okay. but in this case, it's not changing anything. It's just you see them from different perspectives because you right. see a bit more each time. Um, but it's a great film. It's you know always getting these you know, and I know he got bored with always having this question in front of them. But yeah, he's always getting these great performances from his his kids. The kids yeah. that are in his yeah. films, um, and it's a it is a it is a very very good movie. Um, and as we know, I mean, all these these films. I mean, uh, Moths has been picked up for UK distribution. I know Evil doesn't exist. Mm. By our good friends, Modern. Um, there films from uh, other places. We had Wei Xin Xiujun, who we mm-hmm. know for Ripples of Life and Striding yeah. into the Wind, um, and and doing something that wasn't about filmmakers for a change, but. <laughs> Interestingly, was very much about film and cinema. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Only the river flows, and, and and part of the way he works it in is that these this police, the local police force, have decided to convert an old cinema um, into their police station, as you do. Yeah. Um, really, it is a very very impressive film, um, and, and nice to kind of see him do something quite different in terms of genre. Um, yeah. Another kind of uh, popular film. Uh, would be Amanda Nell Yu's uh, Tiger Stripes, which is a oh, yes. fantastic uh, sort of coming-of-age body horror type thing. Very, very mm. solid, very good. I'd like to see that, yeah. Um, yeah, so when she's talking about it, she said that you know one of her main influences was House, or Houseu. Oh, right, um, okay. So, um, and, and also the old-school uh, old school horrors that she was kind of brought up on, the sort of uh, Malaysian horror. So... It is. It is nice to kind of see that 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 make a, a few strides into mm. different territories, and that one's been travelling for a lot. So, and yeah. then it had good old Kim Ji Woon and his, his returning to comedy with. Cop- oh yes, 
Yeah, how was that? I mean, it's a, if there's going to be a problem with it, you know what the problem's going to be. It's mm-hmm. going to be that it is about half an hour too long. Yeah. yeah and I think that, that was um, <laughs> because it means, it's a, and it's a lot of fun. The cast are really great in it. You've got Song Kang mm-hmm. Ho, who's actually, I always feel like, like there's always a danger with him, of, of him kind of taking over a bit. But actually, he manages to keep him under control, but still, yeah, doing what Song Kang okay. Ho does. Mm-hmm. Which is being really kind of gently charismatic, charismatic, I think you could say. Yeah. But um, the problem with the length is it kind of covers the sort of the ending quite a few mm. times. You have that oh, sort of like, okay, can okay. we just, yeah. But apart mean, from that, it's, it's very, it was really, it was really nice to see him get back to comedy. Um, yeah. And actually, he does do it quite well, you know. Um, really nice. So. Uh, there was there's some interesting as well as way to John there was some other interesting uh, Chinese entries we had mm-hmm. Wang Bing and Youth oh brackets, yes spring, close brackets yeah. um, and we had Chang Wen Kui self portrait forty uh, seven km twenty twenty which we yeah we screened some of, we screened she's done a lot of the forty seven km films these documentaries and we we screened a few um, at Chinese Visual Festival the Daily Park I met her a couple of times in China as well. So, um, yeah, very, very. It was interesting to see a bit more, maker. a bit more uh, Chinese um, films mm. at London Film Festival. Uh, yeah, kind of independent. Yeah, but nothing. When um, in terms of an actual film, yeah, from Taiwan, there were no films from Taiwan, for instance. Okay, but, um, yeah. but there were some Taiwanese <coughs> produced ones because all of these films, I mean, are you know, so so common. They're, they're Produce, uh, glo- globally produced multinational productions, which is very much what happens now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, kind of moving on to to the the, the latest London Film Festival, Asian related, is is the London Korean Film Festival. Yes, yeah. Which which starts uh, today as we're recording. Um, right. Probably a few days ago <laughs> by the time this goes out, but for, yeah. it's on from the second of November to the sixteenth of November. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the opening film is A Normal Family by Her Jin Ho, who I think most people remember best for uh, Christmas in August. Oh, okay, right. Which yeah. is one of those early uh, Korean wave films. That, yes, uh, actually, yeah. at one point, I think we all had a copy of it because it was one of those kind of through. Um, one yeah. Fine Spring Day is another one of his films. That's right. Kind yeah. of family drama. The closing film is Dr. Cheon and the Lost Talisman. Okay. Um, which is debut film by a guy called Kim Seok Sik, um, and it's got uh, Guang Dong Won as a fake exorcist, um, as got set up as a mystery thriller. And he obviously finds that uh, somebody does get possessed, um, oh, and I, I good. and which sounds really interesting for me. Mm. And I think it's because it's got Guang Dong Won in it. it I I just sort of. In the back of my mind, I've got Jian Wu Chi, the Taoist wizard, kind of going right. On, yes, which of is, course, which yeah. is quite a positive thing to have yeah it's um, pretty good so but I mean in terms of lineup, I mean I don't I think it's it gets kind of it shows that, the, that there's been quite a struggle to get um, the Korean you know, the all the Korean films mm. you know that, that to pick them um, to be in a festival I think that there's there's that the production is down I mean to go back mm-hmm. to Cobweb um, yeah. You know what his what Kim Ji Woon is basically is, is really it's a film about how sad um, <laughs> the actual kind of 
proper cinema film industry is in, in yeah. Korea and um, I think you know when it talks about the sort of changes that it said in the seventies that they had to make under the censorship of the seventies. We're really talking about the sort of changes that people have to make um, in order to, particularly now, where they're having to work with um, online, yes, yeah. you know, streaming platforms. So there's a lot less about. There are some. They do have an indie talent section, which includes films like Files of Mold and A Wing mm-hmm. of Prayer. They've got a 40th anniversary of uh, CAFA, the Korean uh, archive film. Okay. Um, uh, we've got the the one of the latest Hong Sang Soo films once again. Walk up. <laughs> um, there's a film by again. I think it's kind of stepping into this thing that we're seeing a lot of with this sort of American uh, production. But there's a Korean Canadian writer director called Anthony Shim, and he's got a film, his second film called Rice Boy Sleeps, which is appearing there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got a bit more of a a kind of a. There's a few more genres than there have been in recent years where they a lot of they have had some action films but a lot of the the cinema has been more in the sort of the art house and the yes. dramas yeah. and so on yeah. um yeah there's there's a film called phantom um, yeah okay that's been doing which, the rounds hasn't it which has been doing the rounds um and is based on the chinese uh novel by mei jia sound of mm-hmm. wind which was made in 2009 as the message the message yeah. Kufu and Guo. It's pretty good. Um, And the director of of Phantom, he's the guy that did Believer, um, which is a remake of Drug War, and I think he's done similar things, except more so with this, in that um, the pretext and the message where all these suspects of being the the spy are all brought mm-hmm. in to, to one uh, isolated house and yeah. um, then it's very much more of an Agatha Christie kind of vibe to mm. it. Uh, about halfway through the film he kind of just blows that out of the water and it goes full on action. <laughs> so, <Fair enough. laughs> it, is, it is quite different from the original but it, is, it, it does end up being quite a lot of fun. So I mean it's I do think you know like I said I think it's it's it is. It's kind of showing that 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 it is in, in many ways. It's, it is more difficult to to get uh, a good selection of films. Yes. Yeah. For for uh, for what is still a big big festival in terms of how many films they screen. No, it's a bit. It's an interesting one. I mean, you still. I, I forget the source of this, but I was reading, certainly in the last couple of weeks, it's a, an article um, from somebody which was talking about how. How the how how good the health of the Korean film industry was and everything, and how many great films to come, and you could tell it was written by someone who didn't really know what they were talking about, um, <laughs> because it it just isn't that way. I mean, as you as you've said, like it is, even if we if you rewind back like ten years or you know even uh, further than that, you know we were getting so many Korean films coming out. Festivals were just awash with them, uh, mm. not just in the UK but everywhere. Uh, and it now it just it quite I mean not rare but it's certainly a lot less than there were before and even looking at the lineup I and mean, as you said like the London Korean Film Festival which is a great it's a great event and I I would definitely be going if I was in London but yeah it, it's not retreated but moved into sort of art house and a lot of drama uh, certainly the last couple of editions which doesn't necessarily help uh, I think a lot of the time the the popularity of previous Korean waves had has been you know through genre film yeah uh, yeah more so than everything else and you're and you're you're completely right it's not it's not that they ignore programming programming these films they just aren't aren't that many of them 
um, around. And if there if things like ballerina or the call and stuff are just on Netflix productions, mm. then um, then yeah, it's it's difficult. There was that other quite big one recently, the space one, but that was supposed to have been terrible. <laughs> Um, and uh, surprisingly, it got released around in different territories, but didn't uh, didn't come out over here. So, there there have been a couple of genre bigger films which have been complete misfires um, mm. as well, which wouldn't have helped. So, so yeah, um, but no, I say if I was in London, I'd certainly go along along to it. But um, yeah, it's an interesting time for the Korean industry, and we'll see where it, we'll see where it kind of goes because other industries like Japan um, kind of ticks over. Most of the same level, but Korean, you know, the Korean waves we we've had like, have been so popular and so big, and then and then less so. Um, so it it goes through a bit more peaks and troughs, I think. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes next. And and it's, it's interesting said, because I, I, lots mm. of people were expecting that post parasite, yes, things would change, yes. and actually, and yeah. and maybe maybe in part, I mean, we could be generous and put some of this down to the effect of. Of, of covid and particularly mm-hmm. in in korea where it, yeah it, it really hit cinemas yeah. um but yeah i i we were always very skeptical about that yeah we felt yeah. and we felt differently about parasite a bit mm-hmm. i think but um you know we were skeptical that that would be the case yes. anyway and, yeah, yeah. and what we've seen is is, is like, as we, we we as we started the show you know saying that, that, that yeah. a lot of stuff has moved to something to kind of directly going to online platforms and yeah that's a blessing and that's, yeah, a blessing and a curse really isn't it yeah. I don't know I don't know but yeah I, Parasite it, it's certainly post-Parasite we've not seen a massive wave and you're right it's definitely something slight to do with COVID but I think it's also just that when, it, when something like see if you just say like another culture like Korea becomes very very popular in the West it doesn't become uniformly popular across all areas of that culture and everything it's so focused on K-pop and stuff mm, and then yeah. and and then second level down you know korean rom- romance and drama series being the second level down so you're not gonna it doesn't if somebody people are so focused on one aspect of it as they are um then it doesn't necessarily translate that they're going to start going off and watching korean films and we haven't haven't seen that and we haven't and as we said at the time parasite you know although i, I even when it was having its big success at the oscars and stuff like that i, I remember in an early episode of the the podcast I said I didn't think it would have much impact and <laughs> initially seemed like I was completely wrong but then but then yeah I, I don't think it's had any lasting impact on the on the Korean film industry or the the western reception of Korean mm. film mm, to, to that extent it's certainly not brought in like a, a massive wave of Korean films getting released and getting even immediately after it there wasn't like a sudden rush of people let's let's pick out the next Parasite. And it did make a lot of money, Parasite, but there was not a rush to try and replicate the success of it, which is unusual, because most of the time... Well, I think, I think there, the, I mean, there definitely were a few attempts where they were trying to copy it, but actually trying to copy it too closely. So mm-hmm. uh, Corita's broker, you know, where he gets yeah. one of the, uh, like, cast members and mm-hmm. the composer, Jung Jae-il, was on there, and... Um, the cinematographer, and you think, well, okay, well, you, you, it's, it's a kind of a different subject matter, although still kind of dealing with social classes, but um, it did feel that felt a bit too deliberate in what he was trying to do there, and it didn't work, it didn't pay off. No, and it's a Korean film as well, so it's always going to have his level. Of, he, he's you know, like a Hong Sang Soo, just makes the same film over and over again, and he will always have a certain level of international and festival release 
but we'll never really not get out of that. Not he got a lot for Broker. I mean, Broker did get a Broker UK was probably release. even less. That's, yeah. He did get a UK release, but I didn't it really did. see a lot about it at the time. Again, no, no well, it'll, be inter- it'll be interesting to see how managed. Monster does in that respect. Um, because yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I think even you know, guys like Hong Sang Soo and him, I think were more people were more interested in them even even like four or five years ago. Mm. I, I think at yeah. the moment it's not so much. But we'll see. I, I don't really. So I'm not a fan of Corrieda. Um, I don't really have any skin in the game when it comes to Monster. I guess so I'll be, be interested to see if it if it actually does well. But also, as you were saying with Love Life, I think a lot of that will come down to the timing of how and when it's released. Um, mm. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. Interesting to see, though I won't see the film. <laughs> <laughs> so what else is going on, festival-wise? Um, I, I mean, we are Focus Hong Kong is going to be doing Glasgow uh, at mm. the very start of December. We can't say anything about it. The films are literally just locking in, causing <laughs> us a great deal of stress. Um, my hair is hopefully by the time this, this turn to the drink goes, goes, yeah, goes to air, as it were. Um, <sighs> we will be locked in. So it better you can be. find out the latest, <laughs> latest information on the website. Absolutely, and also we're you know we're also locking in our Chinese New Year program for twenty twenty four. Some some great Hong Kong films will be screening there, so you can stay tuned for announcements on that. And I'm very happy to say our um, Halloween screening, Visible Secret, seemed to have gone very well. Mm. Not that I was not that I was there for it, sadly, but um, but yeah, it, it, we will have some more stuff coming out. Uh, Fairly regularly, hopefully, both up here, since I'm up here, uh, and still down in London. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then our friends Sign Screen uh, also doing regular screenings as well. Yeah, worth keeping an eye on. Get Queer East going out on tour and doing stuff. So, mm. yeah, there, there's still plenty of, plenty of stuff, um, plenty of stuff out there mm. uh, for people to check. So it's yeah, it's good. It's quite healthy, quite a healthy scene. I would say just in terms of uh, programming, both on the sort of more smaller indie festival level, um, and hopefully, hopefully this will start eventually trickling down into more, more cinema releases for films, uh, and more films actually coming out. As we said before, like you know, good to see like where the wind blows and um, back home, uh, in particular, getting released. So hopefully, hopefully we will start to see more, more companies willing to take whatever level of risk uh, mm. to get more of these films out there. And I think having that kind of grassroots support from both festivals and smaller film programs uh, and stuff like Focus Hong Kong, not to blow our, our trumpet, but the more you get out there and you raise the profile of it, well, that's part of it. it is, no, it's not like we're making money off it, so it's hopefully it just has a knock-on effect <laughs> in general, which, which helps spread the word and helps you know, inspire more of this kind of films to, to get screened and get released. That's it for this mega episode of Eastern Kicks Picks. Yes, yeah, and some of them, some of them will have lots of stuff in them, and I guess some of them might have less. <laughs> <laughs> it's out of our out, out of our control. It's as all the, in the in the uh, the streaming gods, etc. It's down to um, the it's down to the streamers. Um, but yes, if if you feel that we missed anything, you can uh, let us know on on yes, socials. Yes, do. do. And don't forget, you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe now, and you'll never miss an episode. But for now, <laughs> here's hey, to you. Cheers. 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 <laughs>